Today is Mother's Day once again. So, well, uh, I have a few slides that I'd like to share. And uh, it's about uh, some people who honor their mothers. And some of these are great men and women. Uh, and let's, let's read those quotes. George Washington said, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Amazing, right? A great man uh, honoring his mother. And, and there's another slide here by Wilma Rudolph. The doctors told me I would never walk again. My mother told me I would. I believed my mother, and she walked again. <laughs> you see, a mother's belief can be stronger than anything in this world. And let's look for an, let's look at another slide. Thomas Edison. Who's this guy? Do you know this guy? Well, thank God we have light bulbs. My mother was the making of me. She was so true, so sure of me, and I felt I had something to live for, someone I must not disappoint. She raised the bar really high and believed in her son uh, so much that this son actually believed he can accomplish much, and he did. Amazing what mothers can do. And uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, wow, considered to be the greatest president in the United States in their history. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Do you feel the same way? Ah, I love this one. My mother said to me, if you become a soldier, you'll be a general. If you become a monk, you'll end up as the Pope. Instead, I became a painter and wound up as Picasso. The belief of the mother that whatever you do, you can excel. So mothers who believe in their children, despite the growing pains and the weaknesses of their children, we all know our children are not perfect, but our belief, our prayers, your prayers and your belief can accomplish much. And that's it, right? No, there's more. Okay. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Oh, okay. This is the guy who sings this way, right? <laughs> uh, so mama was my greatest teacher, a teacher of compassion, love, and fearlessness. If love is sweet as a flower, then my mother is that sweet flower of love. And we know Stevie Wonder is that blind singer, but he was a hit. You see, despite the weaknesses, a mother can believe and still... And still, amazing things can be done uh, by their children. And we've got it, right? Okay. So, happy Mother's Day once again. There was this, this mother, okay, a mother, and she had a son. And she wanted to, to print in his mind what it means to be a real man, as young as he was, less than 10. And, and she was explaining one day, son, uh, you can become a real man. And then, and then the son uh, asked, Mom, what's a real man? Well, a real man is one who is, most of all, responsible. Responsible, especially when he has his own family. A real man is responsible. And another thing, a real man is decisive. He does not, he's not afraid to make mistakes and own up to the mistake. A real man is decisive. That's a real man. 
and, and even with this decisiveness, a real man cares for others, can listen to others. That's a real man. So the son kept it in his heart. And the next day in breakfast, he saw his daddy and he said to his daddy, Daddy, I want to be a real man one day, like mom. Forgive me, fathers, it's Mother's Day, okay? <laughs> You'll have our time come June. So the story of our text is about a mother, okay? A mother who uh, went to Jesus Christ and, uh, and made a request to Jesus Christ. And um, like most Jews then, or all the Jews then, they thought Jesus was uh, the promised Messiah, not a Messiah who would pay for our sins, not the spiritual Messiah, but more of a Messiah who will save the nation of Israel. Somebody who will overthrow Rome and drive them away from their nation and take the throne of David. So they were waiting for a king. A king who will start a revolution and become king in Israel. Let's read verse 20. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee, that's Salome, okay? Salome. And, uh, and the sons of Zebedee are James and John, okay? came to Jesus with their sons, bowing down and making a request of him, humbling herself on behalf of her children, on behalf of her children. Children, sometimes it's embarrassing, right, when your mother uh, always intervenes on your behalf, and you say, Mom, not here, please. But a mother can't help it. A mother wants to give her child the unfair advantage, always. I'm sorry, I had to say it, but it's true. <laughs> if there's an opportunity to get an unfair advantage, you'll take it and not say anything. Hello, other sister. How are you, other mother? <laughs> okay, so, but anyway, that's part of being a mother. What do you wish? She said to him, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and one on your left. Oh, let my sons be in the place of authority. You are king and you will be king. And my two sons will be your second and, uh, first and second uh, in command. She was asking for a place of authority because she thought that Jesus was there to overthrow Rome and, and be the son of David who would be king of Israel. Messiah, the physical and, and political Messiah would come. But then the Lord said... Uh, you do not know what you're asking. You don't know what you're asking. Uh, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? He was talking about suffering. Mothers, be careful what you pray for. Be, be careful of your requests. And even to everybody, be careful as well what we ask for. That's why it's safest to say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. This is what I want, Lord. But if it's not your will, change my mind, change my perspective, change my situation, make me realize. But if you push for it, it says, you do not know what you're asking. Because he was first to come as a suffering Messiah. The, the reigning Messiah will come another time in the second coming. When Jesus comes uh, and establishes his kingdom. Of course, there's still uh, uh, a lot of theologians believe another event will happen where a rapture will happen, but, but Jesus will not set foot on earth physically yet. Are you able to drink? And they would say, yes, we are able to drink. Oh, boy. They really didn't know, right? 
Because if they knew, perhaps they wouldn't ask. How can we say that? Because when Jesus was being tortured by, by the Roman soldiers, all the disciples were gone. They didn't want to take part in the suffering. Well, not yet. Later on, they were. When they understood clearly what Jesus wanted. But I'm just amazed with the fact when I saw this, okay, another mother at work, right? And the mother is always at work. You know, if your mother is always in school befriending your teachers, she is at work, okay? <laughs> she is at work to give you that advantage. She gives gifts, she treats them for lunch, and different so that somehow when that teacher of yours would give the grade, uh, that teacher would add another few points just because of goodwill, right? Forgive your mother's children. As long as she's alive, she will embarrass you. <laughs> and mothers, I'd like to segue for a, a little bit to introduce to you something, if, if ever you have not heard of it, and maybe you have, uh, but it is important in, in, in being parents. It is called multiple intelligence. What is that? Intelligence is not only reflected in the academe. You see, in the, in, in the real world, success is not just about grades. In fact, you'll find a lot with good grades not necessarily that successful because there's multiple intelligences. Uh, why? For example, one is good in art and music, and that art and music can be a very successful career. You cannot compare the skills of your child to another one. You have to find where their intelligence lies. If their intelligence is about space, Perhaps they could be designers of space. If it's about something about, uh, uh, if it's kinesthetic, means they understand the physicality, maybe it would be sports. A lot of athletes are very highly paid, and even uh, coaches are highly paid. And there are even musicians who are crazy, uh, the income they earn. So I'd like to encourage you, if your, your son or daughter is inclined in one intelligence, do not neglect the others, but fuel that part where they're really good at. Where they are really good at. Fuel that part. Multiple intelligence. It's a rare occasion when a mother does not believe in her child. But then encourage that other mother, saying, it is not to cease to believe in the realm of faith and prayer. First you believe, and then you will see. So when my wife looks at our children, for her she sees a great woman and two great men, even if they have not accomplished anything in life. That's how a mother feels. Amen? <laughs> the hopes, the aspirations, and, 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 and it's like that. You see, this mother dreamed high. A kingdom, a new kingdom under, uh, in the line of David. We have found the Messiah. We have found the king. And my two sons, they're in the inner circle. Peter, James, and John are in the inner circle of Christ. In the inner circle, the three. There's a 12, but there's a three. The inner circle. Ha! And she might be thinking, well, there's a Peter. Hmm, he's got to be a problem. <laughs> Peter might be a problem, so I better make my request right now. So my two sons will be on the left and on the right, okay? Uh, it's not in the Bible, okay? It's me being creative, okay? <laughs> so he said to them, my cup you shall drink. Oh, yes, you will drink it. The cup of suffering, the cup of sacrifice. You will drink it. 
But to sit on my right and my left, this is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. God is a God of destiny. And the desire we must have is that each of us would fulfill our destiny. And it's not a matter, one might be a, a person with political influence, my, one might be a missionary in a place you don't know what it's even called, but if each one fulfills the plan of God in the kingdom of God, that is what we call success in the kingdom of God. In this world, success is about fame, prominence, and money. It's about being famous. It's about just having lots of wealth. This world celebrates that, but in the kingdom of God, it is finding our purpose and having that purpose fulfilled in Christ. The mother dreamed high, but she, she did not take enough time to say, Lord, what is your will for my children? But it is not bad to make a request. But in your prayers at the end, you say, yet your will be done, Lord, not mine. Yes, because of that desire for our children to be great, somehow some of us can have that part where we might border to the point of manipulation just to make them great in our sight so that we can be proud forever. Do not forget that our children belong to God. Amen? So it should be, Lord, not my will be done. I have my request, Lord. It's up to you, but it's up to you. Let your will be done. And hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. Okay, okay. First part of this text was the mother with James and John, and then the second part was the, two bro the, the, the ten disciples heard what they were doing, and they were angry. Oh, what does that mean? They also had intentions. <laughs> well, if you have no intentions, oh, they're making a request. Oh, that's cool. But since they were mad, ah, so all of them did not still understand why he was here. Everybody still thought it was a physical kingdom. So they were indignant. So Jesus had to correct this immediately. You see, a good leader finds that moment when they can correct the followers. Jesus, as, as, uh, as the Messiah, as Savior and Lord, saw that situation and said, I have to correct this. So what happened was, but Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. In the Gentiles' view, I am the leader. You just follow me. You are nothing. I am the leader. You serve me. They lord it over them, but not for you. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Let's read the next one. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. But take note of this, a very important lesson, triggered, triggered. How was it triggered? By the mother. The mother triggered it. The other disciples heard it. God has a purpose why it was triggered so that disciples can learn. Do not forget, Jesus did not say it's evil to want to be a great man. Oh, he did not say. Jesus did not correct them for that. It means it's okay. You want to be great? That is not necessarily evil. You want to lead? You want to have a place of responsibility and position? That is not evil. But what Jesus was clarifying was the way 
to reach it. The way was to be the servant. You want to be great, be the servant. It applies both in the kingdom of God, I mean, in his church community. It also applies in this world. Understand it carefully, that those who force themselves into power do not last. Many kingdoms have not lasted who did not serve their people well. If it is not about service, if it's about just me being enriched and beautified, one way or another, that kingdom will be toppled down. Once France was a kingdom. Remember your world history? Once it was. And they wanted to show their strength and their glory, so they invested a lot in their military, but neglected the people. And when the people were not served, what happened? There was a revolution. In the kingdom of God, it's about serving. You want to be first, be the slave. And I found that to be true. In fact, if you look in the Old Testament, you will read the story of Joshua. And Joshua served under Moses. And he faithfully served Moses. When Moses said, gather people and go to war, Joshua said, sure, I'll do it. And Moses said, okay, you go to war, I'll go up there to pray, all right? Okay, sometimes I want to do that, you know. I'll tell people, you go, you go, you do this, and I'll just pray. <laughs> but, you know, it, it sounded unreasonable. Moses, you're a warrior yourself. Why don't you join me down here? But no, no, he just served because he trusted in the Lord's leading to Moses. And then, and then he went to war. And he would pray a lot. It would, it would be seen that he was kneeling down in front of the tabernacle where the glory of God dwelt. And in time, Moses laid hands on Joshua. And the gift of leadership was passed on to Joshua. And what Moses did was not able to do was conquer uh, the promised land. He conquered most of the promised land in his lifetime. Joshua was able to do. And then there's a story of Elijah and Elisha, two prophets, two amazing prophets that confronted nations. I'm talking about nations, militaries, armies. There was Elijah, and there was this, this, his disciple who served him, who was Elisha. And many times Elijah said, stay here, I'm going there. And Elisha said, no way, I'm going with you. He was persistent in serving then when Elijah knew that God was about to take him, he asked, what do you want? And Elijah said, double of the power that God has given you. Elijah said, not mine to give. But if you see this happening, then you have it. And you know what happened? He had it. He had it. Learning this principle when I was young, I took every opportunity to serve a good pastor, a preacher, and even a businessman until today. Serving, volunteering, not being afraid. It's like, I'll be your driver. Uh, I, I brought them water. I carried their bags. I drove for their children. And uh, do whatever without pay. I just wanted to serve. Why? The principle of what? The principle of getting the gifts of the Spirit, the wisdom of God that flowed through them. I wanted that. Because I wanted to serve God better. And after several years, some would say, you sound like this guy. You sound like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were connected. I served. 
And even in the, in the business world, that is so true. There's this, there was this classmate of mine. He was the, the country manager of, of the, one of the biggest shipping lines in the world. And he was here in the Philippines. And um, uh, we were discussing about how, how people get promoted and how people get into position. And, and I, I shared to him my notes. And then he shared, as he said, that's me. What was his story? He was the executive assistant of the president of one of the biggest shipping lines in the world. He was an assistant, like a secretary. Go along, take notes, do this. But he equipped himself. He went to business school while being an assistant because he wanted to serve better. And one time he said, you know, Charlie, I'm, I'm having this problem with, with all our different branches around the world. How can we simplify it? Because Charlie went to business school. He was able to help his president. So he designed something. He wrote a paper and he submitted it. And he said, I like this. Call everybody here. So they called for a meeting for all the, all the presidents of the different countries. And the, and the president, the overall president said, okay, you're gathered here today to listen to my executive assistant. So he gave a lecture to these powerful men. Charlie right now is, like I said, high in position, but he just wanted to serve. Somehow God blesses us. Even in this world, those who serve their clients the best, serve, take note, serve, please, make them happy. Serve the best are those who will be blessed. One of my teachers and classmates, we were in this discussion in, 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 here in Ateneo, and uh, one asked, oh, should I keep working when I was given new assignments and they did not give me additional pay? What should I do? I don't feel like working hard about these things. And uh, the professor said, how about you, Ed? What do you think? Uh, I said, if you're given an assignment in addition, it means they trust you more. Instead of giving it to others, they gave it to you. It means they trust that you can do it. They didn't give it to others. That's one. And number two, just keep doing your best because somehow maybe they're testing you for promotion. Because if you're doing the extra mile more than anybody else, you're the first choice. You would be, might be the first choice because you serve more. You were willing to take on more work and you found a way to do it all. Or if that boss of yours does not see your hard work, is mean and insensitive, God will make sure that one day somebody sees you, your character, your work ethic. And somebody will offer you something that is much better. Why? The Bible said, we do not work. We do not serve men. And everything we do, the Bible said, whatever you do, whether you eat or you drink, you do all for the glory of God. Whatever company we work for, we must serve. Whatever organization, we must serve. Why? You want to be great? Be a servant. In the kingdom of God. One day we will celebrate great men. Oh, here we don't celebrate it too much if we're influenced by the world. Because the world looks at greatness as what? Uh, somebody who earned a lot of money. Somebody who is famous. Uh, that's greatness in the world. But in the kingdom of God, one day there will be a graduation. A giving of rewards. That's our judgment. There are two kinds of judgment. One is the great white throne. Where those who did not believe in God, do not believe in Christ, will be thrown to the lake of fire. But there's another judgment for believers. Graduation, amen, we're saved, right? 
Like in a graduation, everybody passed if you're part of the graduation. But not everybody will get the rewards. Those who served well, great men we will see. Who are the great men? Who are the great women of God? And the applause does not come just from the crowd, but from the king himself. It is the king who will say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You served me. You did not serve men. You were faithful in every way, but you did it for me. Well done. Enter into your rests. Of course, my imaginations would run wild. Because Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. Some mansions might be bigger than others. Uh, and there, there are at least five crowns I've read that's in Scripture as rewards. At least five crowns. Five different crowns. Some of us will just be there, no crown. At least you're saved, right? Some of us will have five. One atop another. So heavy, you have to balance it, you know? Hi, bro. <laughs> uh, God is the rewarder. And the most important reward is not the rewards in this life. Because life has a term, and whatever you gain in this life, you cannot carry it in eternity. Except the spiritual rewards that you build up in the Lord. The spiritual rewards that you have built up in the kingdom, that is carried over. That's why we must be eternally minded. We must be of earthly use. Yes, we have to take care of the earth, take care of the people of the earth. Yes, we must be of earthly use. But we have to be eternally minded. What matters most after you're gone? You've, you've got nothing. The great Caesar, Marcus Aurelius. It is well known, and many have written about it. And he said... In my funeral, when you march me in the street, I want my bo both my hands to be seen. So they had to create holes and put the hands out. And my reason is this. I came to the world with nothing. I leave it with nothing in my hand. Yes, influence the world for the glory of God. We are not yet done. But more importantly, do it for God, serve God. You know, I'm so blessed when I see some of you serving and you're not asking for anything in the kingdom of God. It is God who sees. It's the eternal reward that counts. Whoever wants to be first in the kingdom should be a slave here. That's the opposite of, uh, uh, I want to work for your church. I need a car and a house and uh, uh, I need this remuneration. That actually happened. Right, brother? I cannot mention any name, okay? But that actually happened. I wasn't pastor here yet, and they, one of the elders asked my opinion. I said, don't receive him. No, 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 no. Bad news. We're looking for slaves. <laughs> it's called unselfish diligence. You're diligent, but not for you, for the kingdom. Ah, today is Mother's Day. Hey, if you have a physical child, you are a mother. But in a spiritual sense, if you share the gospel to somebody and nurturing them, you are a spiritual mother in a manner of speaking. Okay? 
just don't let it get into your head. Okay, and don't be happy with somebody calling you mommy. All right? <laughs> Spiritual mothers are important in the kingdom of God. If your kids are grown up and they, they need less of your attention, sometimes they need help with their, your grandchildren uh, because you're, you're, a, you're a grandmother. And, uh, uh, but then you have all this time left. So much time. I urge you, be discipled in the Lord and disciple others. Because discipling others is a form of practicing a mother in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual sense. So if you are one taking care of others spiritually, happy Mother's Day as well. No matter how young you are, you can be a mother by taking care of others in the community of Christ. Huh? You know, you know, there's a saying, and we believe in this saying, it takes more than a parent or parents to raise a child properly. It takes the community. It takes a community. It takes a community to help my children become responsible because I don't see them always. Others must be able to say to them directly, even without telling me, uh, brother, uh, I, I believe that is not proper. That is not right. And if you are willing, I could do the same for your children as well. Application. You may desire to be great in the kingdom as long as you understand the way, which is servanthood. All right? The way is servanthood. Mothers, continue to pray for God to make your children great. But teach them servanthood. Teach them to serve others. Huh? Teach them to serve others. When we were, I was pastoring my first church, I would teach everyone. We all serve. We have camps. Everybody helps. So I take the lead on that, but I tell them, you, you, you're a group. You clean the CR. You, you do this. You do the marketing. You do this. You, you, you go to the, when I say marketing, a real market to buy food. And you, you, you sell pastillas so we can earn money. Uh, and some of them said, sa bahay nga hindi kami nauutusan. Uh, at home, uh, our parents don't even tell us what to do, uh, doesn't even order us around. But here's this young pastor. Hey, my conscience is clear because I was the first. I was with them, serving with them. But you see, that's the way of the kingdom. They would never be great. But with that foundation, I am blessed to hear a lot of them very successful today. I'm saying very successful today. And some of them said, you know, because you forced us to do this thing, organizing this event. When I applied in my work, my first day of job, what, um, what the former employee could not do in a month, I was able to do in three days. And my employer was so happy. Where did that come from? Service. Because I said, make posters. And they said, how? I said, I don't know. Figure it out. And they will figure it out. And then they will learn how to do it. And they would come up with these nice posters. And I said, let's make a newsletter. And they would say, how? Beats me. Let's all find out. We would find out. And they would, we would come up with newsletters. And all these things until they learned. Friends, it's not just academics that will take catapult the career of your children. Let me tell you this. It's not just that. So I tell you right now, those of you young people whom I told organize the camp, when you write your resume, write there, camp organizer. Write there, marshal. Write there, uh, team building uh, facilitator. 
Oh, but, but that's true. Every bit of that is true. Because I was an employer and I worked with a lot of HR. And uh, you know what they look at? Not just the grades. In fact, that's the last thing they ask. One time, uh, a cum laude came. I said, why should I hire you? Asked the employer. I said, I'm cum laude. And the response was, that's cute. <laughs> my question is, what can you, how can you help my company? I wasn't asking your grades. Because at that point, it doesn't matter. It's now, what skills do you have that can help this organization? That is what matters. But if no other skills happen, so I tell you, make them volunteer here. And children, come on. Konting exam lang, absent ka na. Absent ka na sa, sa, sa activities in, in GCF. Oh, trust God. Study well, but trust God. Grades is not everything, but grades are important, all right? You've got a prize from mommy if you have good grades. <laughs> so always do your good grades. So, so mothers, pray for their greatness, but teach them to serve. Teach them to serve. Uh, Number three, children, praise God and appreciate your mother. Today, everyone must say, thank you, mommy. Thank you, nanay. Salamat po. Thank you. You just don't know. You just don't know the kind of heart they have for you. And be prepared to drink the cup of suffering and to be the servant of Christ to save many people. Oh, what's the cup of suffering? A true believer will go through suffering. As a Christian, if you believe in Christ because of your belief in the Holy Scriptures, if you don't believe in the Scriptures, trust me, you don't have to suffer because the devil doesn't want his disciples to suffer, right? But if you're committed to Christ, you will be sent trial upon trial upon trial. Somebody sent to me a message Pastor Ed, there's somebody who betrayed me. I trusted this person. You see, when somebody says something like, like that to me, I don't ask the details. I'm not one for the details. You know, as a pastor, I've been a pastor shepherding for how long? Since 1990. That's 28 years. Can you imagine the secrets I carry within me? There's just too much. I have an overload. So if somebody says, Pastor I need to tell something to you. Do I really need to hear that? I'm, an overload, I'm overloaded here, okay? My, my hard drive will just break. So I said, do I need to know? I don't ask questions at many times. But then I give them an immediate answer. Are you still surprised that you are betrayed? We are all meant to be betrayed one day. Listen carefully. You will trust somebody who will disappoint you who will speak against you. Somebody you love, somebody you trust. It will happen. One time I said to somebody, you see, Jesus Christ was the best person ever. Person of the universe. Timeless. Not person of the year. Person of the year of, of forever. Why? He's the best person who lived on earth. Yet, no matter how good he was, there was Judas. And then I say to them, and you're not even near Christ, you know? You don't even talk like Christ, act like Christ, love like Christ. We are so far. So what do you expect? This is what to expect. More Judases. It's directly proportional. 
But if you are prepared in your heart to trust God above all, above more than anybody, love God above all more than anybody, it doesn't hurt as much. If you have transformed your heart to be passionate more for God above anybody on earth, so if somebody betrays you, ah, pastor said, said this would happen. So it happened. Okay, I have one Judas here. Let's see how many Judas before I die. Uh, and then we can exchange notes one day when you're about to die, right? So uh, we can share to each other. But the truth is, it's going to happen. Suffering will happen in different forms, in different ways. Some it's emotional suffering. Some it's physical suffering. Others are being tortured in the name of Christ right now. Some it's mental anguish. Some it's social persecution because you believe in Christ. You are an outcast to some people. Hey, go through it. Don't compromise. By going through it, that is the way to greatness in the kingdom of God. And as I close, I pray in Jesus' name that our community here, one day when it's time for graduation on Judgment Day, that what? That we will have here kingdom rewards, eternal rewards that will stay with us forever and ever. Let us all stand as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your message. Thank you for today where we can celebrate Mother's Day and express our appreciation to our mothers. Uh, though, Lord, our, our relationships are not perfect, yet we are still thankful that you have given us mothers. And those of us who have no mother, Lord, you are the God who completes us. Yet we also thank you that there is a church that we can have spiritual mothers here, having a relationship with, with others. It's like a big family. We thank you for this church community, that we are a family that receives one another and does not judge one another, that helps each other improve and not put down one another, that we're an, an a, a community that encourages one another instead of tear one another down. Lord, in this Mother's Day, we thank you for all the mothers here, for those of us who want to be great, it is a good thing if it is done in your way. Teach us your way, Lord. Show us your glory. Teach us your way. We want to make a difference in your kingdom. We want to improve this world we live in. And we trust that you will guide us every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.